Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Walk away. He felt that he was beginning to understand him. He had never been interested greatly in mercantile pursuits. Public and literary life and the soil were great things to him. Now he realized that the vast strength of the North, a strength that could survive any number of defeats, lay largely in her trade and commerce. The South, almost stationary upon the soil, had fallen behind, and no amount of skill and courage could save her. Colonel Winchester gave the young officers who had been awake all night permission to sleep, and Dick was glad to avail himself of it. He still felt weak and ill, and with a tender smile remembering his mother's advice about the blanket, he spread one in the shade of a small oak and lay down upon it. Despite the terrible repulse of the morning, most of the men had regained their usual spirits. Several were playing accordions, and others were listening. The Winchesters were known as a happy regiment because they had an able colonel, strong but firm, efficient and tactful minor officers. They seldom got into mischief and always pooled their resources. One lad was reading now to a group from a tattered copy of Les Miserables, which had just reached them. He was deep in Waterloo, and Dick heard their comments. "'You wait till the big writers begin to tell about Chickamauga and Gettysburg and Shiloh,' said one. "'They'll class with Waterloo or ahead of it, and the French and English never fought such campaign as that when Grant came down through the wilderness. What's that about the French riding into the sunken road? I'm willing to bet it was nothing but a skirmish beside Pickett's charge at Gettysburg.' "'And both failed,' said Warner. "'There are always brave men on every side in any war. "'I don't know whether Napoleon was right or wrong. "'I suppose he was wrong at the time, "'but it always makes me feel sad to read of Waterloo, "'just as a lot of our own people were grieved "'at the death of Stonewall Jackson, "'although next to Lee he was our most dangerous foe,' said Pennington. "'The reader resumed, and although he was interrupted "'from time to time by question or comment, "'his monotone was pleasant and soothing.' and dick fell asleep when he awoke his nerves were restored and he could think of the crater without becoming faint again that night colonel hartford of the cavalry came to their camp and talked with colonel winchester in the presence of dick and his comrades of the staff the disastrous failure of the morning so the cavalrymen said had convinced all the generals that lee's trenches could not be forced and the commander-in-chief was turning his eye elsewhere while the deadlock before petersburg lasted he would push the operations in some other field. He was watching especially the Valley of Virginia, where early after his daring raid upon the outskirts of Washington was being pursued by Sheridan, though not hard enough in the opinion of General Grant. It's almost decided that help will be sent to Sheridan, said Hertford, and in that event my regiment is sure to go. Yours has served as a mounted regiment, and I think I have influence enough to see it is sent again as cavalry, if you wish." Colonel Winchester accepted the offer gladly, and his young officers in all eagerness seconded him. They were tired of inactivity and of the cramped and painful life in the trenches. To be on horseback again, riding over hills and across valleys, seemed almost heaven to them, and, as Colonel Hartford walked away, earnest injunctions to use his influence to the utmost followed him. "'It will take the sight of the crater from my mind,' said Warner. "'That's one reason why I want to go.' Dick, searching his own mind, concluded that it was a chief reason with him, although he too was eager for a more spacious life than that of the trench. "'I'm going to wish so hard for it,' said Pennington, "'that it'll come true.' Whether Pennington's wish had any effect or not, they departed two days later. 
three mounted regiments under the general command of hertford his right as a veteran cavalry leader all regiments despite new men had been reduced greatly by years of fighting and the three combined did not number more than fifteen hundred horse but there was not one among them from the oldest to the youngest who did not feel elation as they drove away on the great curve that would take them into the valley of virginia it's glorious to be on a horse again with the world before you said pennington i was born horseback so to speak and i never had to do any walking until i came to this war the great plains and the free winds that blow all around the earth for me but you don't have rivers and hills and forests like ours said dick i know it but i don't miss them i suppose it's what you're used to that you're like i like a horizon that doesn't touch the ground anywhere within fifteen or eighteen miles of me and think of seeing a buffalo herd as i have that's all day passing you a million of em maybe and think of being scalped by the sioux or cheyenne as your people out there often are said warner pennington took off his cap and disclosed an uncommonly thick head of hair you see that i haven't lost mine yet he said if a fellow can live through big battles as i've lived through em he can escape sioux and cheyenne so you should look back now and you can see the armies face to face they were on the highest hill and all the cavalry had turned for a last glance dick saw again the flashes from an occasional rifle fire and the dark column of smoke still rising from a spot which he knew to be the crater he shuddered and was glad when the force riding on again passed over the hill before them stretched a desolated country trodden under foot by armies and his heart bled again for virginia the most reluctant of all states to secede and the greatest of them all to suffer colonel hertford colonel winchester and the colonel of the third regiment a pennsylvanian named bedford rode together and their young officers were just behind all examined the country continually through glasses to guard against ambush stuart was gone and forrest was far away but they knew the danger from the fierce riders of the south was always present just when the capital seemed safest early's men had appeared in its very suburbs and here in virginia where the hand of every man and of every woman and child also was against them it was wise to watch well as they rode on the country was still marked by desolation the fields were swept bare or trampled down many of the houses and barns and all the fences had been burned the roads had been torn up by the passage of artillery and countless wagons all the people seemed to have gone away but when they came into rougher and more wooded regions they were shot at often by concealed marksmen a half a dozen troopers were killed and more wounded and when the cavalrymen forced a path through the brush in pursuit of the hidden sharpshooters they found nothing the enemy fairly melted away it was easy enough for a rifleman knowing every gully and thicket to send his deadly bullet and then escape although it's merely the buzzing and singing of wasps said warner i don't like it they can't stop our advance but i hate to see any good fellow of ours tumbled from his horse makes one think of that other ride we took in mississippi said dick in one way yes but in others no this is hard firm ground and we're not persecuted by mosquitoes nor is this country suitable for an ambush by a great force ouch that burnt a bullet fired from the thicket had grazed warner's bridle hand dick was compelled to laugh you're free from mosquitoes george he said but there are still little bullets flying about as you see a dozen cavalrymen were sent into the thicket but the sharpshooter was already far away colonel hertford frowned and said well i suppose it's the price we have to pay but i like to see the people to whom we have to pay it not much chance of that said colonel winchester the virginians know their own ground and the lurking sharpshooters won't fire until they're sure of a safe retreat but as they advanced the stinging fire became worse 
there was no southern force in this part of the country strong enough to meet them in open combat but there was forest and thicket sufficient to shelter many men who were not only willing to shoot but knew how to shoot as well yet they never caught anybody nor even saw anybody a stray glimpse or two of a puff of smoke was the nearest they ever came to beholding an enemy it became galling intolerable three more men were killed and the number of wounded was doubled the three colonels held a consultation and decided to extend groups of skirmishers far out on either flank dick was chosen to lead a band of thirty picked men who rode about a mile on the right and he had with him as his second and in reality as his guide and mentor in many ways the trusty sergeant whitley it was altogether likely that colonel winchester would not have sent dick unless he had been able to send the wise sergeant with him while you're guarding us from ambush he said to dick be sure you don't fall into an ambush yourself not while whitley here is with us replied dick he learned while out on the plains not only to have eyes in the back of his head but to have him in the sides of it as well in addition he can hear the fall of a leaf a mile away the sergeant shook his head and uttered an empathic no in protest but in his heart he was pleased he was the sergeant who liked being a sergeant and he was proud of all his wilderness and prairie lore dick gave the word and the little troop galloped away to the right zealous in his task and beating up every wood and thicket for the hidden riflemen who were so dangerous at intervals they saw the cavalry force riding steadily on and again they were hidden from it by forest or bush more than an hour passed and they saw no foe dick concluded that the sharpshooters had been scared off by the flanking force and that they would have no further trouble with them his spirits rose accordingly and there was much otherwise to make them rise End of chapter two part one